Well, you might know South Africa, of course, has been battling to get Prophet Bushiri and the Guptas to come back to the country to uh, account and answer for the crimes that they're accused of here. Now, last week, Justice Minister Ronald Lamola calling on all countries to intensify col- collaboration in repatriating assets and extraditing suspected criminals evading justice. He was representing the country at the 14th UN Congress on Crime Prevention and Criminal Justice. Well, let's speak now to Gary Eisenberg, who's a proprietor of Eisenberg and Associates, a specialist immigration and citizen and extradition lawyer. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. It's interesting that we have this call for cooperation. It, it seems to me that this is something that happens after the fact, right? So if you're asking, please bring back the criminals or the alleged criminals in this instance, um, why were they allowed to leave before they answered their matters in the first place? That's that's what I'm asking. Well, people who are afraid to face justice in this country take their chances Mm. and cross the border by hook or by crook. Apparently, when you talk about the Guptas or Ajay Gupta in particular, uh, they are private planes. Uh, there are all kinds of ways to commandeer and hire a private plane to leave. Or when you just hear through your contacts that uh, uh, trouble is going to reach you, uh, you just make an ordinary booking uh, through your travel agent and go to the airport and leave, and nothing's mm. stopping you. Mm. Uh, with, with regard to the Prophet Bushiri, uh, he hasn't disclosed precisely how he devised his method, his special method of crossing the border into Malawi. We still don't know. So, uh, you know, that's a completely separate question. Mm. Psychology 101 applies to uh, people who believe that they are going to be caught by the hand of justice, uh, as it applies to anybody else, and to go to a place they believe is safer for them to be in. And that's exactly where we find people like Bushiri and uh, and Gupta today. But Gary, is it simply too easy for people who, um, like I said, do have matters to answer to in this country? Is it simply too easy for them to leave? Or does it depend on where in their process they are at the time that they book that flight or take that chartered plane or, you know, just sneak out in the middle of the night under a fence? Well, exactly. Too easy. Well, that's what bail is all about. So mm. you take the Prophet Bushiri, for example. Uh, he posted enormous bail for himself and his wife, Mary, and he had assets in South Africa. Mm. Now, that bail money of hundreds of thousands of rands have been forfeited to the state. His house, his properties, his cars worth millions and millions of rands. Um, all of that has been forfeited. And it's unlikely that he's going to get those assets back from the state unless his legal strategy changes and he becomes quite successful. Mm. But currently he's in Malawi and he made that decision safer for him to be in Malawi than to be in South Africa despite the loss of money and assets. Uh, Gupta probably feels exactly the same way. 
So what are the mechanisms that are available as the Justice Minister makes this call for greater cooperation? Practically, how possible is it to expedite some of these processes? Because we know that there are different types of legal frameworks that are in place, which govern every step of the process. So it's not as easy as, you know, South Africa going to take somebody out of a particular country or even that country simply extraditing um, this individual without due process being followed. Well, exactly. It has to do with state sovereignty, mm. which is, which is a, a major a fundamental principle in international law. And let's take the Guptas, for example. Uh, South Africa believes that, uh, let's say, one or two of the family members that the South African government is looking for with uh, uh, warrants of arrest waiting for them in South Africa having been issued, uh, There's no extradition agreement between the UAE, uh, assuming they're in Dubai, uh, and South Africa. Uh, Minister Lamola has been commenting over the last few years that for some reasons which we don't simply fathom, Mm. the UAE authorities won't ratify uh, that uh, treaty, that bilateral extradition agreement. We have ratified it. Uh, It's in existence, but the UAE won't ratify it. And besides the extradition treaty, you know, uh, most countries, uh, UAE and South Africa included, have signed what we call the Convention Against Corruption, the United Nations Convention Against Corruption. And if there's no extradition treaty, uh, Article 44 of that convention enables the UAE in this case to use everything it can, its domestic mechanisms to find these individuals and to extradite them in the absence of a bilateral extradition agreement. There just doesn't seem the will to do so. There's no cooperation when it comes to the Guptas. Mm. And South Africa can't seem to answer that question through its uh, discreet and diplomatic channels. It just can't explain to the public why this is so. So currently that is the big million dollar question. This call that has been made by the Justice Minister in the terms of getting the support of all countries in the fight against transnational organized crime. How is it going to land? So at which point do we know if in fact countries are going to respond to it? Or is it one of those things that the minister has to say because, well, um, this is the position that South Africa finds itself in and it, you know, it's great on the platform, but ultimately nothing will ever come out of it. Well, Kathy, it's great on the platform. Mm. And those words have to be uttered in international fora, mm. probably to, you know, let that be a whisper in the ears of the movers and shakers in the UAE in this particular case to kind of come to the party, to do the right thing in international law, to forge better ties with South Africa. It all adds up, shows some goodwill. But again, for some or other reason, the UAE authorities are stalling. They won't ratify the agreement. They won't use the UN Convention Against Corruption to assist the South African government and the South African state as a sovereign state, just like the UAE is, uh, to kind of respect what we are calling for. We're calling for justice. Mm-hmm. They won't help us. So Minister Lamola finds himself 
in a situation of a sort of compromise mm -hmm. on international stages. Do we lack the moral authority in the world today? Has our effectiveness in international fora deteriorated? What is the position? We'd love to know. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd love Minister Lamola to answer that question uh, sort of from his perspective in the quietude of a corner of a conference somewhere. Mm -hmm. I wish that was reported somewhere in the media. You know, Gary, you're bringing me to, to, to the other issue that I was thinking about because often we know, especially through, um, you know, uh, through institutions such as the United Nations, that you you won't be able to get anything done without solidarity. And often it requires different types of pressure, you know, in inverted commas, being applied um, on, a per, on a particular issue coming through from different parts of the world. So South Africa being alone, uh, sing on this matter is not going to change anything. But you need a couple of voices, some of them perhaps stronger voices, uh, countries that have stronger allegiances that might be able to help you get what you need to get done done. Are we likely to see that at all? Kathy, this is a process and mm -hmm. it's a difficult process. And if you listen to some of the political analysts of all persuasions in this country, I think they speak with a unified voice in concluding South Africa doesn't have an effective foreign policy. Mm -hmm. We had one. We were on the moral high ground internationally, and we lost that. We have the African Union. We have SADC. Where is South Africa today talking about Malawi? And what Prophet Bushiri has done, just to take another brilliant example, mm -hmm. Prophet Bushiri has said, how do you expect me to live in South Africa, to avail myself to its justice authorities? I've paid the bail, yes. These are the allegations made against me, the terrible allegations. But let me tell you how crooked, how corrupt these investigators are. These policemen are. They've been hounding me. They've been extorting money from me. How do you expect the Malawian government now to subject me to a, an unfair trial? Mm -hmm. And this is what his defense is going to be in Malawi. So have we lost the moral high ground? Well, perhaps we have to some degree. Countries won't listen to Justice Minister Lamola on, in, on an international stage until we've proved our feasibility as an effective moral voice in the international arena. And until that happens, our voices may not be heard like in the UAE. We've got so much more ground to recover. I'm going to take a couple of calls, Gary. Let me go straight to Anonymous in Durban. Anonymous, good morning. What's your question? Yes, Katie, thank you uh, for taking my call. It's always a pleasure talking to you. No, uh, mine is on the other side of the coin. Mm. You're talking about extradition. I'm talking about repa repatriation of those who have been found uh, guilty. You know that countries like China, mm. uh, you are convicted, you serve your sentence. As soon as you finish your sentence, you, you send back uh, state to your country. Uh, because I think even if uh, a foreigner has been granted, has been uh, naturalized, that gets forfeited once he or she is found, uh, is convicted. So I'm checking whether mm. our country, uh, do they apply that if maybe... The drug dealer from Nigeria has been convicted. He served his sentence. 
I see. Then does he keep yeah. on staying the, in the country? Or does he go back to his does home he, country? Because yeah. I've never seen one being taken back to his work or in country. Because the constitution says uh, uh, you are granted citizenship as long as you going to add value. Mm-hmm. Now you're not adding value. You're committing crime and you've been convicted. Are you sent back once you finished your sentence? All right, Anonymous. Thanks for that question. Let me quickly Thank go you. to Mudini and Gary, I'll give you an, op- an opportunity to respond. Mudini, good morning. Uh, good morning to, uh, to my co-listeners of SASM. Mm. Uh, my point is regarding the UAE's license to fight with the disabilities. This suggests the fact that there is a city that we have already ratified suggests to me that we have diplomatic relations with the UAE. And if we have that, uh, those diplomatic relations of one kind or another with the UN, my view would be that is that the South Africa should reconsider mm. the diplomatic ties with the UN. Okay. Because uh, it is not working for us. We, we have people who have looted or stolen. And if the UN can become a haven for criminals mm. against the South African state, and uh, nothing happens, why should we, why should we have a all right, Mudini, Mudini, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there with you. The connection is not quite clear, but just in case you didn't hear what he said, Gary, he said, well, we have these diplomatic relations with the UAE. If they're not coming to the party on the issue of extraditions, why don't we just sever all ties with them? Uh, perhaps just respond to those two callers before we wrap up. Well, I don't think it's black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we have otherwise great relationships with the UAE. There's increasing trade. We have airlines landing here, you know, Emirates Airlines and so on. So we have ongoing trade and investment between the two countries. Everything seems to be um, top quality with regard to relations between South Africa and the UAE, except for this discussion we're having now. And that's why Minister Lamola is so embarrassed. He cannot understand what is the stumbling block. The first, um, the first reason that the UAE gave apparently was that uh, the convention had to be, or the, 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 the uh, extradition treaty had to be uh, translated into Arabic, and that was taking a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, the UAE has run out of excuses. South Africa is not going to stop or cease diplomatic relations with the UAE or any other country because of this. Mm. Uh, so, so there's no fear or no danger of that happening mm. at all. And, and uh, on, on the question of what happens to uh, non-nationals who commit crimes in the country, very yes. briefly, please. Okay, so, so a foreigner, you mentioned Nigeria or whoever it may be, uh, gets arrested for a crime, he's put in jail, he's served his sentence. Well, uh, if he has legal status in South Africa, he may well be a permanent resident, and that may not have lapsed or was, be withdrawn by the Department of Home Affairs. He's entitled to stay in South Africa. Mm. If he doesn't have any legal status in the immigration sense, then, of course, he'd be deported or expected to leave voluntarily. So that's our position. All right. Gary Eisenberg, let me thank you so much for your time this morning. He's a proprietor of Eisenberg and Associates, a specialist immigration citizen and extradition lawyer. It's 10.30. Utsile Sako has your latest news headlines.